0: So he had an p- amazing idea. Fascinating idea. And you spent a while thinking about it. And then you finally wrote it down on a paper. You finally got some blueprints together. And slowly but surely it was coming to life. After a while showing it around to friends, you decided to create a 3D model, and then a prototype, and then after years of work and investment, finally you had the final product, and it was perfect. So of course you went, you wrapped it up, put it in a box, and put it in your garage, right? Does that make sense? I don't think so. Before we start, I would just like to make a quick disclaimer. The ideas that we're about to discuss and that we will discuss throughout this podcast are not my own. Rather, they're a collection of thoughts taught to us by many of our masters. The entire idea of this podcast is not to try and figure out a new way to live life, but rather to open up a discussion about what we already know. And My tefillah is that I should not, with my words... Diminish the value of these ideas in any way. So let's get started. Hashem created the most amazing, the most beautiful, fascinating, unbelievable world, universe, with many worlds in it, planets. Can one really say it was all for nothing? It was all for no purpose whatsoever. It was just, well, because he could. Not only that the more somebody focuses and tries to see the amazing things that are going on in this world and all around us the question becomes bigger was it all for nothing is that possible if we as humans that take other products and with those other products we create something new when someone makes a table he didn't make anything new he took wood that was there with screws and so forth and other materials And he put them together to create something. And of course you can't imagine just putting that away in a garage. Which means creation, by any sense of normalcy, could not have been for nothing. And that's why we need to go back. The Choy tells us there are two simple ways someone can understand why and how to serve his master. The first one is by using his own brain, his own knowledge, his own ideas until he gets there. The second one is the Torah as a guide, as a manual to tell him this is what you should do and this is how we know it and so forth. But of course, if someone says, well, I want to know but and I want to serve, but before I really need to understand, I really need to learn the Torah fully, read the whole thing, understand it, and then I'll start serving. Well, that's a great idea. But think about it. What if you knew that in five years or even ten years you will be joining the most elite military unit in the world? It will be tough. What do you think you'll do until then? Will you just be sitting on a couch and eating pizza? Or will you at least go for a run every morning and night or at least once a day? Try to eat healthy? Try to prepare yourself mentally, physically? In other words... Of course, one needs to learn everything he could possibly learn to understand exactly what and how and when he needs to serve and what that means. But what about until then? Can we really tell ourselves it's fine? We will waste weeks, months, years, decades before we start doing what we're supposed to be doing? Is that really okay? I don't think so. And I thank you for joining me in this conversation to try and figure out what we can and should know as soon as possible. In the process of creation, we see a fascinating thing right away. There is a build-up. From day one through day six, there is a build-up which shows you very clearly that everything was created in order to get to the final piece of the puzzle, the human being. Not only was it a buildup, but it all seems to be created in service of the human being. Which kind of gives us the direction of where we're going. The world was created in order to create a human being. Now why would that be necessary? Weren't angels enough? Angels doing God's will fully, wholeheartedly, no questions, no doubts. Why wouldn't that be enough? I would like to use the following anecdote. Imagine walking in to a king of old, to Napoleon, to Napoleon's tent, and you see a soldier there, very respectful, salutes, beautiful, everything is shining, extremely respectful. Would that inspire any awe by you? Would that inspire anything at all? Or do you know that this soldier knows his master? He knows his greatness. He knows his power. And maybe just out of fear, he's doing what he's supposed to do. But now imagine that king leaving his country, leaving his empire, traveling to a foreign place, to a foreign island when nobody knows him. And there on that island, he finds an old fellow who bows for him shows him utmost respect. And the king is bewildered. Why would you do that? And the fellow says, well, my father and his father and all my great-grandfathers always told us from generation to generation that there is a great king, a master, and this king is worthy of respect. Now that's respect. Without knowing anything. That's what Hashem wanted. He wanted to create a foreign place. A place that would be capable to hide His greatness. And there create a being that will be able either to choose to hide from His Master, to ignore His Master, or to choose to serve his master. And I think this is the next concept that we see in creation that we will find many times and it will be a topic that we will discuss in the future. The idea of opposites, the idea of how so many things in creation were created in a way of not only opposites could live together and be together and work together, but they must work together. If there is darkness, there is light. If there is up, there is down, and so forth. The world had to be built in a way where on one end, you can see the beauty of the world, the amazing things in this world, and use them as a total distraction not to see the creator. You can use them to busy yourself, to enjoy yourself, and you won't see anything. Or you can use that same amazing creation to see the creator that created them. That's an opposite. But within that creation, Hashem had to build the perfect being that, on one hand, could perfectly well ignore his creator but on the other hand, have the power to choose to serve. And in order to do that, he had to combine an earthly body and a heavenly soul, a 50-50 balance, an amazing balance, to create the perfect human being. And that was Adamaritian, the perfect being that will be able, in a world that's on a 50-50 balance, to choose to see the creator and master that created it all and to serve him as a servant. And of course, to round up our anecdote, what's the best reward that old fellow on the island could receive from the king? Of course, that the king should take him home with him and show him his glory and share with him his greatness and his power. And that, of course, is the end, the ultimate goal of the soul. Returning to seeing the beauty of its master and creator. But that's for another day. In the next episode, we will discuss the next steps that we see in creation. of Why this perfect being was maybe not so perfect maybe it was it too perfect. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that this conversation today, the conversations that we will have in the coming episodes, will help you on your journey to find clarity. Please, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to send them in. Thank you and have an amazing day.